Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing ESG investing. So ESG investing, what what does it stand for? Well, the E stands for ethical. The S stands for sustainability. And the G stands for governance. So essentially, Mike, what ESG investing is, is investing in companies that are doing a better job in terms of sustainability, in terms of how they behave ethically, and and in their corporate governance. It's come a long way, hasn't it? I remember years ago they had ethical funds, and they were never great, right? It, it turned us off. This was around 15, 20 years ago, and there was an ethical group of funds, and the performance was, was never fantastic off them. So we And they didn't seem to have a good system to invest in, did they? It was just more of a marketing scheme than anything else. They were probably too early in the game, but the world has changed a lot. Like, what are some of the things, let's, let's look at what individuals are doing. What are we doing as individual citizens in our lives? What are some things that you do at home? Well, home, you know, nowadays uh, we've all changed light bulbs in our home, almost because you, well, you can't really buy the old incandescent bulbs anymore. So I made a decision a while ago just to replace all my light bulbs. My, my sister-in-law hoards them. Yeah. She finds them in these random places and she hoards them. It, well, the case is, you know, I, I started with that idea and I realized the new bulbs, to be honest, when they first came out with the fluorescent ones, they were terrible light, right? But now they've got so good. They're better than the LEDs and the new lights are better as, than as the As long ones. as you get the soft white, you're probably pretty good. If you get the fluorescent ones, yeah. you're still pretty bad. I've learned when you get a chandelier, make sure you have all the same light bulbs. <laughs> exactly. What else have you done at home? Recycling, we've always, we've moved to this whole recycling and now, you know, trash pickups every couple of weeks and I barely have a bag every two weeks. The rest all goes in the green bin or recycling. At the cottage, it's the same thing. I have three recycle bins at the cottage. I have very little trash nowadays. Yeah. I guess the only thing I probably don't do at the cottage is I stay away from the organic because I know if I put it up there, the bears will demolish it. Yeah. So that's environmentally friendly. (laughs) But but you're right. Like, you know, we've got green bins and blue bins and, and, and gray bins. I've also made the move recently to an electric car. And I've had it since October. It's a Tesla. And I had to admit, I... I love the thing. I, I really, I can see why people love their Teslas. Not having to go to a gas station is just a huge time saver in life. I, I have uh, a little issue with my window right now. I was in a car wash and the driver's side window, I had to roll down to put the key into the, get into the car wash. I go to roll the window up and it didn't want to go up. Meanwhile, my car's starting to move and the, I'm thinking I'm just going to get so, soaked. But Possibly that, electrocute, electrocuted. <laughs> but that being aside, I go on my app and they come to my house and fix it. That's how it works. So, I mean, things are changing. You know, we, we can see the boom that's going to happen on electric cars over the next five to 10 years. And what we forget is, you know, it starts off with environmental side of not producing emissions. But beyond that, you go through the second side 
you don't need to always do tune-ups on it. So you're not doing oil changes all the time. All, all these things have become very normal with gas combustion engines. It's just a much simpler system. There is yeah. the constant environmental pressure that gas combustion engine put on the on, on the, the vehicle on the, on the vehicle and the world. Yeah. So electric uh, solves a lot of that. You know, we've even seen it in our food habits, uh, whether it's packaging. We're, you know, we're, we want them to get away from all the plastic and the styrofoam and, and, and stuff like that. People are choosing organic food because they don't want pesticides. So we're seeing that individually. And now it's time to change. It's now time to start putting the pressure on corporations to be doing what we're doing individually. Yeah, because if your money's going toward there, that means investment returns would be going toward that area too. So the easiest way to think of some of this is, you know, what are companies putting into the air? What are they putting into the water? What, is, what are they putting into the ground? Are they doing a good job? Are they managing the earth properly for future generations? And we all, we know, we know global warming is, you know, a, a thing. It's happening. We can see it around us. And we need to move fairly quickly to, to change this. At least that's what the experts say. We need to move very quickly yep. before it's too late. The second side of this ESG is social too. And sometimes everyone forgets about that because it's easy to go into all the greenhouse emissions. But social, they start to get into a lot of other things. You know, they get in child labor laws. And, you know, a lot of countries are still using child labor to produce products. There is a lot of other things, tobacco, you know, arms, all these things that are, are not along the social responsibility side of things. So aside from just thinking environmental, you also have to think about the social impact of your investment too. And, and, and governance. Yeah. And it, it's a tough thing because environmental, we can all generally agree what's good for the environment. When you start getting the social side of things, it becomes a little bit political too. It's really tough, right? So, so that's going to make it more difficult to figure out whether a company is doing a good job on its ESG. Yeah. And what's more important, the E, the S, or the G? Are they equally important? Well, I won't go to names because I can't remember them exactly. But I remember a long time ago, one of the main tobacco companies was owned by one of the main food, food companies. And, you know, you think you're investing in just a food company and all of a sudden you're buying the largest tobacco company in the world also. So it, the names don't always give everything away. And sometimes they try to hide that. They keep the companies very separate, but they have the same ownership and so, same share programs. So you've got to have someone doing the research because you're not going to be able to do the research yourself. It, yep. It's just too much work. So I thought it might be interesting to use an example of a, a company like Tesla. Uh, and Tesla stands out as, as certainly the leader in electric cars. But when you're looking at Tesla, do they get a good ESG score? Well, here's some things to consider. Measuring the emissions from cars, I think they'd get a great score. Are they doing a good job in their factories? Well, that's, that needs to be determined. Are their factories causing emissions problems in the environment? We know they're having to use lithium batteries, so they're having to mine for those batteries, for the, for the ingredients for those batteries. What are their practices there? How do you measure that? What are their labor practices like? Obviously, you know, we know they've got this huge demand for their product 
and they're probably forcing their staff to have to work really hard, kind of like what we saw with Amazon over the holidays. Or do we just focus on greenhouse gas? What do we really focus on when we're looking at a company? What are your thoughts? Well, Tesla, even as an example, Tesla made a fortune selling their uh, credits because they have environmental credits because they build up more than they can actually use. So that's a company that is so far advanced in the environmental side, they actually have extra credits to give away. It's been a, a great example of a company that's really moved ahead. But then you ask yourself, well, Elon Musk also has the whole other side through to through space exploration too. So there, there's two sides going on. There's a lot of different And now he's moving. a fan of Bitcoin, which yep. we know uses up a ton of electricity and a ton of coal. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> You'd like to think this is an easy equation, but there's a lot of different factors involved. I think when you start looking at how they measure these things, I think a great example is, is movies. So today, if... You know, you're with a couple of different people. I know if with my son and my my daughter, my wife, and we're deciding what movie to watch and it's a new movie, we actually Google it to see what the scores are. And so, but let's look at an example. We, we look at the, the Google score. We get the Rotten Tomatoes score. We get the Extreme Critical IMDb score. Yep. And then what we look for is consistency. If they're, if all the scores are good, which doesn't ha- happen that often, yeah. they're all very different. ESG investing is a bit like that too, right? Yeah, you get different reviews on things, but everyone said The Godfather was a great movie, right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's hard to argue with certain things. Might be a nine for someone and a seven for someone else, but it's at least above a seven. Yeah. Again, when you go into the strategies behind how you're going to run this this system, there, there's, there's no perfection. And that's the key. The problem I have, a lot of people want to find the mistakes in this whole, in this whole ESG type of invested. And they say, well, that's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. There is no perfect system because you can't say one company is 100% environmental in everything they do. There's always going to be critics on the outside that say, well, there's one piece of this company that isn't compliant to help everything to do with the environment, but you can wait. And have a waiting system that goes at, is this more of a green company or less of a green company? So let's talk about some of the strategies. And so if you're looking at a company, do you exclude it completely from the portfolio because it has a bad ESG weighting? Typically, that's probably the, the right decision. Or do you reweight it? If it would normally be 5% of your portfolio, do you make it 1% because it has a bad ESG score? Or maybe you just take a little bit off. Maybe if it was supposed to be five, you just reduce it down to three. So there's all kinds of different decisions that need to be made in terms of of weightings and how you do that. The world is starting to change though. I'll use two examples. In New York now, there is a law in New York that buildings have to reduce emissions. They have to reduce emissions. There's a law. In Europe, there's a law the companies have to report their ESG rating. So the world's changing pretty quickly. So what does that mean for investors? What should investors, if the world's changing, what should investors be thinking about? Well, they have to adapt with it. If you don't adapt, you you lose. And I went to the grocery store last week and they warned me, this is the last time you're going to be able to get a bag. And 
and it We're was back sort of, to our plastic bag and paper bag. Yeah, yeah it was. It was, but it was sort of shocking. She said, "As of next week, we won't uh, sell you bags anymore." I said, what do you do? And she says, well, there's boxes over there. You'll have to carry it out or bring your own bag. Those are your choices. Be like Costco. You got to find the, the best box for what you have. But Costco doesn't give bags and I manage, right? So I'll learn to manage. Right. And as investments change, we're going to learn to manage in this new world. We're going to have to take environmental concerns into account when we invest. The reality is you're not going to buy a company that is going in the wrong direction. I don't know what the future of oil companies is. It's a tough it, it's a tough, they're still going to make money. There's still going to be some profits in there, but you don't want your portfolio overweighted in them. It just doesn't make sense, right? No, absolutely. So now what's the advice to investors? And, and you know, we've talked a lot about this at the McClellan Financial Group and what we're going to do for our clients. And I think our starting point is going to be, we're going to go to the area that we think we can do this the easiest and at least dip our toe in without really creating any damage. And ideally in a perfect world, you could just flip over to an ESG portfolio and and you'd be all good, but there'd be costs involved. And what are those costs gonna be? Taxes. Taxes. We so have, we if have we a had lot to trigger capital gains. Yeah, it'd be an easy, and, and you also got to consider if, if this is right to do all at once, because sometimes, when you look at the ESG portfolios, they're pushing you higher on the technology side of things too, which is, you know, going sort of, you have the value growth thing to wait and you have the ESG. So it's another factor to bring into this portfolio design. And again, we're getting to the point where we're getting four factors is almost pushing to a fifth factor model when we have the ESG concerns. Absolutely. But a TFSA, we could move if, if we've got a client in an all equity portfolio, we could move them relatively quickly to an ESG all equity portfolio, but there's going to be some subtle differences that the investor is going to have to accept. And I'll give you some examples. It'll have less Canada right off the top. Yep. Canada is a lot of oil company, mining companies, and their ESG scores aren't the best in the world. It's funny. You think Canada would be this environmental country, but the reality is, <laughs> unfortunately, we have oil under the ground. So what else are you going to do? <laughs> Uh, the next thing is is you're going to be changing the sector allocation a little bit. Because you're going to have less oil, less mining, you're going to end up, as you said, with more technology and some things like that. So the mix is going to change somewhat. You're probably not going to be as diversified. If you're taking some companies out of the portfolio because of low scores, you're reducing the diversification. So you have to accept... There's a risk in that. With any change, there's always a risk and a reward. I think the beauty is having the option. Before it was an option, we didn't have a, a reasonable option to do this. Now this is when someone says, you know, I really do have a lot of concerns about the environment. I live this at home. I'm really worried about my investments going to things I don't believe in. We used to have very few options to try to make their portfolio work. Now we do have an option. And for the people who truly believe in this and want to do this, it's a very, it's a very strong option. And it may even give you some extra, you know, extra uh, poke on performance too, because, and we don't know that yet, but if we know money is being pushed toward the more environmentally friendly companies, probably makes more sense to have more money invested in some of those countries, companies too. Our countries and companies yeah. are going to do better. And if they do better, if more money flows to them, their stock price is going to go up. That's that's the, and at the same time, you're doing a good job 
as a citizen of this world for the next generation. So I've actually made the first move about a month ago. I converted my TFSA and my wife's Ingrid's TFSA to a 100% DFA Global Sustainability Fund. I always believe if I'm going to be recommending something to my clients, I need to be the first. Yep. So I made that move. It was pretty seamless. It was, it was a one trade. There was no cost for the trade. Performance to this point, there's really no difference. They're about mm. the, the same. And the beauty of a TFSA is every year, hopefully you're adding money to it. So you're almost dollar cost averaging on a yearly basis. And no tax consequences. And no tax consequences, right? So that way you get some exposure to it. And then we'll start looking for ways of adding more of that, depending on what clients' wishes are. Do we see one day this is the only way we are going to invest? Who knows? Maybe. The world may force, may force it to be that way. Uh, you know, over time, if, if all companies that aren't uh, following the environmental rules start to disappear like dinosaurs, that's what investment's going to turn into. You know, if, if they start to disappear... Hopefully, they're going to do the right things so that they don't have to disappear, which is good for the world. Yep. This brings us to the end of another podcast. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart with TMFG. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.